What's uh, what's on your face, my G? Uh, these are costume glasses. I decided that since our guest isn't going to have his video on, our last guest didn't have our video on, I had to step it up and match you. And I wanted to outdo you in the glasses department. So you, you have been in the glasses department. That is an impressive set of spectacles. Thanks. My uh, buddy wore these. He was Velma for Halloween from Scooby-Doo. So these are Velma. Excellent. Did you guys did you guys go as like a like a gender flipped mystery bus gang i was the, i was just the creeper i had a mask on <laughs> and he was a male that's fair man next year yeah. you got to get into the spirit and do a do a group thing with your bros with your buds i will for sure i just want to i know i wanted to step it up for today i'm excited and i have these glasses on that's about it yeah dude how are you it's gonna be Hopefully, hopefully he will have his, he won't have his video on, but he'll be able to see us, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and I think that seeing your, uh, your glasses will put him at ease. I'm sure he's very nervous about talking to a couple of dudes like us. I'm sure he is. How much do you know about this guy? He's, uh, he seems to be a bit of a mystery, man. Like I've read, I've read certain, actually, that's not really true. I've read a few interviews with him. Um, okay. And I'm a big, I'm a, obviously a big fan of his band. And I, you know, I can tell you more about the band than I can about him personally. Yeah. Um, but seems like a good dude. And he always seems gracious in interviews. And I, I know that they are, if they're not done recording something, they are definitely in the process of recording something. And so I'm really excited to talk to him about that. Definitely. I guess we should do the intro and then say who it is, huh? I guess we should, man, we got to, we're like, uh, we're not very, we're not very professional. <laughs> I feel, but I feel like that's part of our charm. That's what I, th I think so too. That's why it's all good. Fuck it, man. That's why people like it. it. That's why we why have it's... six listeners per episode. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Lifts and Riffs, all you six listeners out there. I'm Zach from Death Comes Lifting. This is Schuler from Death Drive 90.5. We're happy that you're here again to listen to our podcast where we talk to our favorite musicians in the underground. Yes, and today we have a very special gentleman joining us. He is the front man and driving force behind the band Unto Others, which used to be called Idle Hands. His name is Gabriel Franco. And this should be an interesting conversation. I'm really looking forward to talking to him about his musical influences. The band is very unique. Uh, so yes, they're different from what we usually have on the podcast, which is awesome. And yep. stoked to hear about it, man. I'm curious. I, I want to talk about the influences in the music, too, because one of the things that, uh, that I've kind of and I'm sure we'll get into this with him, a recurring theme in interviews with him is when interviewers or somebody else says like, yeah, you guys have got this gothic influence. And he's like, yeah, I never really listened to a lot of music like that. Like, apparently he'd never heard The Cure um and a handful of other you know classic bands that have sort of that founded that genre apparently he wasn't too familiar with them before he started putting out music and people started saying that he had you know those influences so i'll be interested to see what his influences really are well, well let's tell before because he's knocking at the door oh yes before we get him in here why don't you uh, let the people know what his name is and what he does for the band this is uh this is the front man singer writes all the music behind unto others formerly known as idle hands his name is gabriel franco 
That was Shuler Benson with the intro, ladies and gentlemen. Please hold all applause till the end while we get him in here. I want to get a little theatrical. You got me wanting to tap back into my youth. I'm ready for it, bro. Couldn't be any more ready for it. It's exciting. Hello, brother. Can you hear us? Saw our glasses and what? Check, check. Check, check. Can you hear us? Mr. Gabriel Franco connecting to audio. Uh, can you hear me? We can. There he is. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. My name is Schuler. Um, I host a radio show called Death Drive 90.5 at the University of South Carolina. I'm the guy who you've been talking to. Um, and joining us today also is Zach Belante of Death Comes Lifting. We are super stoked to talk to you, man. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for thanks for letting us see your face. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, you guys are doing that thing, whatever. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't mind. Okay, cool. Man. And we only uh, we only post the audio on the podcast anyway. Okay, so. yeah, that's totally cool. Yeah, I just didn't want to do like the posting the video stuff just because I got you. Yeah. I prefer not to. I, I want to look professional on my online shit. You know, definitely. Oh man, you too. That's why we look like this. So don't worry. Yeah, you, uh, you came to the wrong place, my man. <laughs> yeah. the, Sorry, yeah. your name is associated with us now, but yeah. uh, a couple uh, of fuck ups ready to talk some shit. No, I always love talking shit. Here, let me close this door so my wife doesn't wander in. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's uh, let's get cracking on it, man. We we've talked. You know, we were we were chatting a little bit about your musical output um, before you got on the call here. Uh, Zach and I are both big fans. Um, I want to talk a lot about specifically where the band is right now, but since this came up in our previous conversation, I, I figured this is a good place to start. One of the things that I've noticed in interviews with you is sort of when people throw the, the gothic thing at you, um, yeah. specifically talking about like influences or whatever, it seems like a lot of that kind of music is not really something that you came up with or that uh, influenced you when you were putting together the music for Idle Hands and what's now Unto Others. Um, one of the things that I am curious about is what influences you do feel like have really been big for you in the band. Um, well, when we were starting out, now now a lot of those gothic influences are big, you know, for me, because uh, I got into a lot of those bands afterwards. Like people were like, oh, you sound like Robert Smith and stuff. Um, and uh, so I checked out, you know, more of The Cure and more of the Depeche Mode. And I had been listening to Sisters for a long time. Fuck yes. Like that was like the only goth band I really knew. And I fucking, I love that band, especially the first record. Yeah. I like all three records to be honest, but, um, or all three of the OG records, you know? Yes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, the influences for, um, Idle Hands starting out. Uh, I mean, I was just listening to a lot of, you know, I, I, my favorite bands growing up were like Cradle of Filth and At the Gates and like Demi Borgier and stuff like that. And then it slowly morphed into like um, bands like Journey. And um, I've always listened to a lot of like indie rock type stuff too. Um, and then, you know, the meat and potatoes, like heavy metal, like that's kind of, you know, been my heart and soul for the past, you know, decade or two. My yeah. high school buddies got me into Judas Priest and Maiden and all that stuff. And so 
Yeah, it was just kind of an amalgamation because, you know, they were all gung-ho about oh, old-school 80s metal only. And I've always been like, nah, there's a whole world of music out there. Like, I like indie rock, punk rock, yeah. uh, heavy metal, and goth rock and all this shit. I, I generally stay within the rock and roll realm, though. You know, I, I'm just all about good songwriting. And so... And, and, and that's, it definitely shows. Um, one of the things that I, I think, I think is uh, interesting is that it's, it's very clear that you guys are sort of flying the flag for traditional metal. There's definitely a lot of punk edge to it. And then obviously the more gothic elements. It's really cool as a huge Cradle of Filth fan myself uh, oh, to get to talk to somebody who else is into them. So that's, how, how do you feel a band like Cradle of Filth really influenced you? Or do you still feel like that's there? Because I can definitely see some they parallel. Were- maybe yeah. lyrical in the in the darker fantasy stuff yeah dude uh so when i yeah they were the first concert i ever went to you know that I, that I bought with my own money yeah. um his lyrics were completely inspiring to me in fact if you uh, i i posted a couple months ago i had a band in high school called seventh gate where i was basically trying to be danny filth um you know i'm screaming super high and it's like black metal with melodic vocals and like my lyrics are pages long and shit like that but, yeah. Uh, yeah, like huge influence to this day. I almost don't want to meet him. I would love to tour with <laughs> Randall Filth, but like he, Danny Filth, is, as corny as it sounds, is like one of my idols. He mainly because he's the one who got me into all this shit, you know. Like, I, For sure. my, my first heavy metal song I ever listened to was how, their cover of Hallowed Be Thy Name by Iron Maiden, which just kind of defined my entire musical career. It's like, uh, you know them covering that band you know it's just the fusion kind of aspects yes 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 like i i i was exposed to this like i grew up in the 90s in the woods we always end up talking about this on that show because i i feel like it kind of anchors my background um but i i actually heard the cradle of filth version of hallowed be thy name before i heard the iron maiden version um and when i got into the band that was right after they had reissued cruelty for the first time cruelty and the beast that that shit was just absolutely huge for me yeah Yeah. one of the things that i i I think that a lot of people resisted at the time because there there seemed to be sort of this pushback against them being classified as anything other than black metal And, and over the time since then you know both the band and the people who listen to the band have come to embrace just the, the band being more of a theatrical extreme metal thing. And I think that now that they've sort of been distanced from black metal, you can more clearly see where what they do and what they have done influences people in other genres and people who are making music that might not on the surface be that close to, to Cradle of Filth. And so it's cool. It's cool to sort of look at that role that they might've played in, in getting you into heavier music, but also uh, whatever influence they might have now. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, to the people who talk shit on bands like Cradle of Filth, I'm like, you don't like them, don't listen to them. Fuck off. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I for real, I don't, I, I don't have time for it. You know, it's like, listen to music you like. Why don't you talk about music you do like? Like, why is this such a problem for you? And you know, of course, this is like what people do in their early twenties and late teens. They're like, that band's not not cool. This band's yeah. cool. You know, um, I've just never been into that. You know, uh, what do you call it? elitist kind of culture even though i've been literally surrounded and enveloped in it for the past my entire fucking musical career basically so <laughs> where I, are you from man uh portland 
Oregon. That makes sense. Okay. I was going to say, are you somewhere like hipster like that? That, it's, <laughs> that, that it, the music scene's kind of all like that? Yes. And I, I probably have, you know, aspects that people would call hipsterish myself. So whatever. Well, <laughs> was it your intention with, uh, with, with the band to bring all those influences together and sound like a hodgepodge of all you're into? Any, everything from Journey? Yeah, no, or there, that? Was, there was never any plan. It was just play music I like. And, okay. like, um, you know, I was like, I was literally just writing riffs that I enjoy and trying to turn them into songs. And when people were like, um, uh, you know, how'd this come together? Were you trying to put the goth stuff there? It's like, no, I, I just couldn't sing high. Okay. And, so my my most powerful range is like that, I don't, I, a low tenor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to sing like that. I'm not going to fake anything because if I fake it, I'm going to suck. I need to sing with my own voice. So many vocalists, they start out with, and they think, okay, I want to do death metal. So I got to sing like Cannibal Corpse or I got to sing like fucking uh, Trevor Strand or some shit. And it's like, no, you just do whatever is most comfortable for you. Like there's no definition of what's metal and what's not it. And it's constantly changing. You can literally do whatever the fuck you want. Um, people, for sure. I don't know if they're scared to do it. I don't, I don't know, but that's my philosophy. Day yeah. one, just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. It really, it, it is working for you, man. Like I listening to, especially mana and, and, um, well, fuck all of it. Uh, I can't, I couldn't picture like higher range vocals with that. Like you're, where you are accompanies and complements the music so well that it just feels totally natural. I wouldn't know where else you'd go. Yeah, thank you. I, I am still trying to uh, um, do vocal gymnastics, basically. Like, um, yeah. you know, as much as I admire people like Danny Filth, basically, like I want to kind of experiment with my vocals too. The new album's already done, and I, I didn't do a ton of that. There's some different styles of singing. But I do want to eventually have some falsettos in our music uh, used tastefully, of course, you know, where sure. and, uh, and have high vocals and weird vocals and just experiment with odd shit. So, yeah. Which sounds fun. And let's, let's talk about uh, sort of the lead-up to the new record. I know that... Uh, why don't, why don't we first go back to the name change? Can you tell us a little bit about what came about there? Yeah, so beginning of last year, some basically we're working with another label right now in conjunction with our current label. We haven't announced we're on them yet. But basically, you know, they're like, hey, you got to have legal rights to your name. And so I looked into the trademarks and the trademarks are already taken and I tried to buy them. And the guy who owned the Idle Hands trademark was like, uh, yeah, I'll, you know, we can talk if it, like he wouldn't talk for anything less than like a hundred thousand or something like that. Fuck! Just to like talk, you know, and immediately I got like the lawyer treatment. Like there was no reasonable man, man to man kind of conversation. It was like, here's my lawyer. And the lawyer called me and was like, you know, maybe we can license the name to you or some shit, you know? And you're like, nope, this isn't going to work. Um, That's- yeah, they, they just were not giving me any leeway. They were not being super reasonable. I, I, I suspect it's because they had enough money to not care about what I could offer them, basically. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, so there was that. Then there, that And that guy owned the rights for entertainment. And then there was another company that owned the trademark rights for merchandising and apparel. 
And then there was another person who owned the rights for like phonograph recording. So you're talking three different entities that I would have to all, you know, get to sell me their shit and none of them wanted to. And uh, we, we researched some options, even trying to be like idle hands, PDX or my idle hands or his idle hands. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. Like old fans will get it, but new fans are going to be like, why is this band called idle hands PDX? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it could have worked, but um, even then, legally, you know, the lawyers who are advising me were like, dude, it's it's too close. We can't take a risk on it. So I'm like, sure. So I went through the name picking process and that was like six months of pure hell. Just like, oh, man, you ever try to think of a band name? It's it's pretty horrible. I can imagine. How, how did you guys settle on Unto Others? Or how, like, how much of this? I, so I know that you're the primary song. You're the main songwriter in the band. I know that you're the driving force behind the band. When it came yeah. to changing the name, did you guys, did you get who's, who's playing with you together to sort of think about this as a group? Or did you sort of have a singular mission that you went about finding what you wanted to change the name to? And, how, and how'd that process go? Uh, no, I just, I just sat around by myself like I do with most of the band decisions and just mull over shit. And then when I have a good idea, kind of present it to the other guys and go, what do you think thoughts, you know, kind of stuff. Um, But unto others was basically solidified because I was like, this is a good name. I like it. Um, It's in Canon. And um, the label was like, you're not going to think of a better name. We fucking love it. I'm like, okay, cool. They're on board. I was already down with it. You know, it's kind of like two biblical quotes. You have the idle hands, unto do sure. unto others. You know, it's the same. It's kind of in the same vein, and uh, it leaves the music open for interpretation. When you hear that name, it could be punk rock, it could be metal, it could be indie rock, which is exactly how I wanted it to be perceived. I didn't want to have a name that screamed metal or screamed punk or anything like that. I wanted yeah. a name that was that could encompass anything we do, kind of like a a rush or something like that right yeah for sure now you say it's in canon what is do you mean like is that like public domain or something no it's like uh in canon with our with our old style with like oh gotcha yeah gotcha. yeah, yeah. okay I, I was like i was sitting here trying to go to the least fucking metal place possible where i'm like is this like a trademark thing that i <laughs> what yeah no yeah yeah it's just in the same vein you know same kind of universe all right, so we we got a new name this past summer. You guys uh, went back to the well and put out "Don't Waste Your Time" too. Both those songs are absolutely fucking killer, man. Uh, before before we get to the new album, why didn't those two tracks, which I feel like they or I think they date back to the "Don't Waste Your Time" EP, do they not? Yeah, yeah. Why did it take so long to hear those, man? Uh, especially like. I love it doesn't really matter. I love the fucking, the laser battle at the end of Puppy Love. Like, dude, it, <laughs> yeah, those are so fucking good. Thank you, dude. Um, no, you didn't hear them because they just didn't exist. I had the drum tracks for them, but we, we never got around to guitar tracking. Oh. I, had, I had the lyrics done for Puppy Love years ago when, I, when we were recording them, but I didn't have any money. Like, the band hadn't started yet. And yeah. I, I was like, man, I got five solid tracks and puppy love and it doesn't really matter we're like the odd men out they were kind of like a little bit more foofy you know kind of pretty sounding and i was still in the metal realm at that time and i was like well you know 
like I was ingrained in the trad metal scene because of all my time spent in my old band Spellcaster. And yeah. I didn't really want to come roaring out of the gate with, you know, songs that sounded too punk rock or indie rock or kind of had weird lyrical themes. I was like, you know what, this is a pretty metal EP release and just different enough that I think it expresses what I want. And I don't have any money. Fuck it. I'm putting it out. Like I just need to get something out and start moving because yeah. I had a timeline for touring that I wanted to get on for the next year. And I was like, I can't wait a couple more months to get paid enough to go to the studio. I mean, I was literally operating like I get paid 800 bucks, you know, every two weeks by my job and 700 goes towards recording and band shit. And, you know, like, yep. it, it was penny work back then. Like I, I, so yeah, they sat around and then, yeah, last year I didn't have much to do. And I was like, well, I want to finish these tracks. So I did. I'm, I'm glad that you did. I feel like they really complement the EP very well and they i've got my own little idle hands mix i do a lot of running to idle hands or I'm unto others at this point but a lot of that shit uh gets me pumped up man and i i listen to i'm i'm pretty firmly in the realm of death metal most of the time yeah. but when i do a lot of cardio stuff since this is a slash wellness uh podcast a lot of yeah. I, I like a lot more not necessarily upbeat but shit that you can sing along to shit that i can picture yeah. myself you're well that's cool man you're the exact kind of person i'm looking for uh when it comes to you're the exact kind of person i hope for the, the kind of fan that i was hoping was out there someone who is a death metal fan but still somehow likes our music because you know to some people they're worlds apart and they wouldn't touch it you know the more elitist crowds but i feel there's a lot more open-minded people these days especially with the internet yeah. and all that's available um and the funniest thing, my, my whole point behind all this was like, I would go to parties with these death metal dudes here in Portland who are all super elitist. And once they get drunk, they all start blasting Madonna and like Stacey <laughs> of Hearts and shit. Yeah. And, like, and, and Journey, and they're all singing along and know all the words. I'm like, you're all a bunch of fucking posers. Like, <laughs> like don't tell me you, you, you don't like pop music. Like, this is okay, but like Lady Gaga's not. And you know, like, Where's the line? How are you drawing this? So, I was yeah. like, yeah. You know, that, and one of the things, you mentioned this earlier about being just first and foremost a fan of good songwriting, and I feel like that's one of the things that stands out so much, and I feel like that's one of the things that's given you guys the success that you have so far. Uh, these are tight songs. Um, right. they, they all, you know, especially Mana. Mana plays together in the sense that it's an album, in the sense that there are, you can feel those songs connecting to one another. Uh, but at the same time, like, it's fucking ear candy, man. And there's nothing wrong with that. Incredibly catchy. Uh, but also, I feel like a lot of the, the lyrical content gives it a substance that you don't always get with music that's that easy to listen to. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on the lyrics. I'm, For pretty, sure. I'm pretty anal about that kind of stuff. Um, the main philosophy being uh, there has to be a point you're writing the song, you know, sure. a purpose. If the song doesn't have purpose, why are you writing it? So absolutely. Yeah, every song has a little story in it. And if I feel like I half-ass something, I don't put it out. Seems like a pretty good call, man. What? So, so songwriting wise, creation wise, you know, you've, started off just writing songs for song's sake as long as they were good whatever comes out if i like it if i don't feel like i'm half-assing it boom that's a song uh what's changed between then 
and mana and now with the most recent record that's already in the can that's recorded that's ready to go which we're hopefully going to hear soon um what's changed songwriting wise nothing I, I sit at my computer and do the same old crap um i spent a lot of time on this one i'd say more time i mean i got like 20 some songs i got to choose through for this record and um i will say it's gotten a bit darker uh you know i'm not gonna come out and be like this is the best record we've ever written like it's a good record i think and i i, I think fans of idle hands now unto others are gonna like it and it's gonna be just different enough you know i don't I don't really ever want to write the same record twice. So I don't think sure. you're going to see that from me. I'd say what this record is, is the natural progression of this band because I I've tried my best to stay true to myself and authentic and honest with the lyrics and the way I write music, yep. but life around me has changed. So that's going to show in the music. And so you're getting an authentic natural progression. Nothing's forced. I never sit down and go, oh, I want to write a song that's like an 80s hair metal song. And I, I don't do that. Like I, yeah. I have a process I follow. If I have a good riff, I just start building a song around it like a pyramid until it's done. And then I'm, I'm done. That's it. So, and any Perfect. idea I have, like the laser beams and shit, I don't hold back. Like if I hear it there, I go, fuck it, throw it in. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you have like cannon shots and shit in there. Yeah. What's that? I feel like you set yourself up well for the future. Like your name is ambiguous enough. Your sound is eclectic enough that you could do anything. And I think it would make sense. Like your next album could be dark or it could be a rock opera and it could totally work. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I wouldn't mind doing some rock opera type shit. Like I, be- yeah. I mean, whatever sounds good, but sounds good. It is good. Um, yeah. I've been working on, on some weird stuff too, but um I don't know. I, I know when it works and I know when it doesn't. Like if it's, if it feels cringy or weird to me, I just drop it. What is so. your, do you have a good hold on what your fan base is like? Is it pretty eclectic? Is there a lot of shoulders that are super death metal that come out to your show or is it a lot of reverse or? Um, for the shows that we did have, a lot of shows we had were we were opening up for people. Yeah. We've only played, I mean, still in our career, I think we've only played one show. Wait, we, I don't think we played any, a couple shows in Europe where we headlined. Um, In Europe, we had like a lot of the true metal people coming out. Uh, In America, in the few like hometown gigs we had, there was like, I saw quite a few goth chicks, goth people out there. We have a pretty strong like goth rock scene here in Portland, new wave kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I saw like goth chicks dancing to our songs. Like there were people like moshing and headbanging and then you have like chicks dancing to it too. And I was like, holy shit, maybe we have something here. So yeah, it's, it's a, it was a real weird mix for the USA stuff, but Europe, much more heavy metal, straightforward kind of crowd, but they love everything over there. They're way less. The European festival circuit, man. Like if you're heavy and you're feeling it, they're going to fucking feel it too. Yeah, I mean, it was the first place where, like, we got done playing and they were tearing down the venue for the uh, the DJ to come on or the disco night after we're, we're done. 
and the first song they threw on was like Limp Biscuit, and everyone was dancing to it who was just watching the concert. And then like after that, it was like White Snake, and everyone's like still rocking out. And then it goes to like Corn, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I mean, this is the coolest thing ever oh, because sure. everybody likes a Limp Biscuit song, at least one of them. I mean, you might hate it. But when it comes on, you know the words. And if you're drunk enough, you'll sing it, you know, or something. So it's just like, it, there's way less uh, inhibition there. Yeah. You know, I feel like people are just, just go, whatever. Just keep rocking. I don't know. I'm speaking for them. But yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I have a uh, friend I was showing your stuff to before the, uh, the podcast. Uh, he's an older dude. When I say older, he's like 55. And he's yeah. kind of like a music snob and he likes a lot of like post-punk and like obscure shit. He's kind of into indie stuff. So every band I show him, he's kind of like, ah, eh. but he loved you guys. And I thought that was awesome. I was like, check these guys out. They're like post-punk Judas Priest, man. You'll dig it. And he was like, he, he was super into it. So I was, I was wondering if you have any of those in your audience as well, like kind of indie rock snobs. That yeah. Kind of turned on. I get a lot of comments pretty much exactly like that. Okay. Where, um, a lot of black metal people saying like, I've only listened to black metal my whole life or that was all, the only music I listened to, but I found out about these guys through so-and-so and holy shit, like I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe this. Um, and I've had a lot of like indie kind of folks, even like some hipsterish people into the music. Sure. A lot of people, yeah, who come in and say, I don't normally listen to music like this, but you guys are pretty cool. And I'm like, fuck yeah because that's all you know, about, that, that screams wide potential um and of course like any artist i'd like my music to reach as many people as possible so i can continue to make music right right so yeah i mean i'm gonna the thing is i'm gonna keep making music no matter what happens because i don't have anything else to do this has never been a money game for me i don't give a fuck about being famous i literally my only goal with this band is to transcend what I thought was my best. To write a song that I can listen back to later and go, holy shit, I, I didn't know. I, I wrote that, you know, that's the goal. Yeah. Like, you know, to write, uh, like one of my favorite songs of all time is Dust in the Wind by Kansas. And, sure. you know, if you ask me my favorite, that's the one I'm gonna tell you. I wanna write a song like that, a timeless song. I don't know if I've done it yet. I don't think I have, but all I know is I got to keep pushing and driving and grinding and, and, and eventually I think I'll, I'll pump one out. And if I've done well, that, my job's done. I, I do think that you, you draw from enough influences and I feel like whether it's the band's musical aesthetic or imagery or whatever, I feel like it also appeals to enough different groups that you're going to get the kind of crossover you need to get something that's really going to resonate and really going to spread. Because like you said, or like Zach said a minute ago, um, I feel like your band is definitely a band that people tell their friends about. Um, and what I mean by that is like, I, you know, I've talked about your band on my show before and my, my show is a strictly death metal show. Um, but I like to do like a year end roundup with sort of non death metal stuff um also stuff for the university blog uh that the radio station has and it's been interesting to see some of the crossover that that recommendation has has gotten like i, I haven't heard anybody yet who's been like i don't you know 
this is not really for me. It's, it, it does seem like there's enough going on that, that it's going to appeal to pretty much anybody that you play it for. I feel like if they like heavy music, I feel yeah. like that's the middle ground there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping so. Um, I've, I've, I've heard quite a few, few people echo the kind of same similar sentiment. Yeah. Um, and I do agree with you. I think people have been talking to their friends about us because um, I follow our Spotify, you know, monthly listeners pretty closely and they're slowly just going up and I've, there's never been less going on with the band right now. Yeah. And they're still going up. Most bands and every other band I've been in, the listens go down. You stop working, you stop doing, they go down slower and slower and then that's it. But this yeah. band, I do nothing and they go up and I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. Like, <laughs> Like well, how, much, how much of that, how much of the uh, sort of the, the growth of the band and what is otherwise a dead period and the dead period itself, um, meaning the time that you spend, how much of that do you credit to what's been going on in the world over the last year? What's the pandemic been like for you, been like for the band? Um, do you feel like maybe people are staying home and, and finding out about new shit that way because they can't go anywhere? Um. I mean, I think we would have had a much larger fan base at this point were it not for the pandemic. But um, sure. I don't I don't know. I, I don't think I, I know if it how, how, how much the pandemic is affecting how people listen to our music. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. How about your life? Oh, my life? Yeah. Well, honestly, it's been like the shittiest year ever <laughs> um, in terms of in terms of feeling fulfilled in my life, everything that I like to do has been pretty much taken away from me. Um, I would spend my free time hanging out with friends, riding my bike, going to concerts and touring. And now, uh, I mean, it's not everything in my life. I have my wife, I have my, you know, my cat, my family all live here, but you don't get to see those people as much. The dinner's stopped. You know, the, with my in-laws and with my dad and my mom, we don't do that shit anymore. Um, it's a lot of time just inside. I ride my bike way less because uh, there's nowhere to ride it to. You can't ride it to a bar. You can't ride it to a concert. You can't ride it to your friend's house or a party. And, you know, like I haven't really replaced it with anything. I just work more. So it's like work all day, go for a walk, work, go to bed, repeat. And it just feels like, one long day to be honest yeah and yeah so you feel like do you feel like any of that misery and monotony made its way into the new record not that the songs are going to be fucking miserable and monotonous but that like did that sort of influence where you were coming from i think a few are miserable but uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it probably did it it's it, it was almost like uh to to quote death it's it's more of like a flattening of emotions as opposed to depression it's yeah. more of it's more of a fucking just null kind of numbness where you're just like, all right. I like, I feel like I'm waiting. I, I imagine I, I've never been in prison before, but I imagine this is what it's like waiting to get out of prison. You know, you're like, all right, only seven more months, man. Here yes. we go. You know, it's just like, fuck, like, what am I going to do with my time? Guess I'll read a book. Guess I'll exercise, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, your your the future is on hold is what it feels like, and man, I I love planning tours. I love logistics. I love uh, 
you know, doing the math and accounting and all this shit. Like I'm, I'm huge on planning and I'm not allowed to plan anything. Yeah. So, yeah. That's my, my wife is very much in the same boat. She's a big planner. (laughs) Uh, That's yeah. You got to have one, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What, um, so we talked about musical influences a little bit a second ago. You mentioned, what am I going to do? You know, am I going to read a book? Um, I'm definitely curious about since, since we talk a lot about horror and we talk a lot about other shit that we, that we are consuming um, outside of music to, to entertain ourselves. One of the things that I enjoy about your lyrics is that it's not really contained to any one particular area. You've got uh, definitely some emotional stuff. You got some coming of age stuff. Um, you got some anti-authority stuff and then you've got a lot of like sword and sorcery type shit, which I think is a really interesting mix um, with the kind of music that you guys play. Uh, what all what are you consuming when it comes to the lyrics that you write or just the things that entertain you? Are you a big reader? Are you a big fan of films? Like what's up there? Uh, yeah, you can see my pile of books back there. Yeah, That's one of my piles. But um, yeah, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a huge you know, like my favorite movies are like Gladiator, Predator, Terminator, nice. uh, sci-fi. I'm into all that kind of shit. Yeah. So I definitely love fantasy fiction, imagination type shit. And really what you're seeing in the lyrics is just different aspects of me as a person. Um, like I said, I try to be honest and authentic. So when I think something's cool, I roll with it. There's no inhibitions. So that's why you have like nightfall you know it's straight up like evil kind of darkness crazy i wanted to write basically death metal lyrics that weren't sung death metal style right i wanted to get real brutal with them um and then you have like uh you know songs like dragon why do you cry which is uh i the second i thought of that that was originally going to be the the dragon the sun and the sea and it, I had this idea about sailing across the ocean, maybe some Norse shit. But once I thought of the lyric, Dragon, Why Do You Cry? I was like, that's the fucking title right there. Yes. Like, if I picked up a record and I saw on the back a song that says, Dragon, Why Do You Cry? I would buy it immediately. And <laughs> <laughs> be like, I have to hear this fucking song. <laughs> like, you know, so... I try to think of shit like that. Same, the same like idea or thought process goes with songs like puppy love where I'm like, nobody's expecting us to name a song puppy love. So all the fucking better. I want people to be like surprised when they turn on a record to go and and pleasantly surprised, not like, Oh shit, they changed their sound. I want them to go, Oh, what the fuck is this? I was not expecting that because that's what gets people talking. Sure. You know, um, do you feel do you feel like uh there's going to be some reactions like that with the new record maybe to the titles or to the sound or anything you said that it's largely a continuation of the sound uh that you guys have sort of been naturally progressing with or that you as a writer have been naturally progressing with but do you feel like there's anything lyric wise or title wise that people are going to look at and be like excuse me uh yeah yeah for sure uh i mean one of the songs is just called straight up heroin um and we we have some really like I, I don't know yeah we have some really heavy shit on there that i don't think people are gonna expect from from nice a, in terms of riffs and uh, stuff because i also come from a a huge thrash metal b- background um 
thrash is arguably my favorite genre of metal to be honest yeah. so um there's some thrash metal on this record for sure um but I, I just run it through the idle hands filter the unto others filter right so yeah 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 there's going to be a, a few i'm looking at the songs right now i'm like yeah there's going to be a few and then there's like some really mushy corny kind of ballad shit on there too but i i I think I wrote it good enough. So hopefully people don't think it's totally terrible. Well, and seeing all of that being part of the same soundscape, you know, there's a lot of novelty in that for me, just because like, like you, I, the majority of what I listen, pretty much everything that I listen to falls under the rock category in one way or another, whether it's like, you know, I'm a big fan of like nineties pop punk all the way up to, you know, brutal death metal. That's, that's pretty much my spectrum. Right. So, <laughs> for, for me it's it's weird not weird but out of the ordinary to find one record that sort of covers that kind of territory right where you can say there's a super moshy or a super mushy like uh emotional ballad type song and then something heavy some lyrics like nightfall which nightfall was the first song of yours that i heard um i feel like that was probably a situation with a lot of people instantly catchy because one of the things that i love so much about it and you don't really sound like this band but it reminded me a lot of a, a pop punk band that i love called alkaline trio oh, yeah. um a lot of the one of the things that i love about alkaline trio is how like fucking morose and like low and dark the lyrics are but they contrast with this sort of really poppy catchy shit and listening to nightfall you can hear all the words that you're saying you sing very intelligibly um hearing that you know with this song that's definitely metal but that at the same time has it works in the same kind of way that a pop song does i don't get a lot of that contrast in what i hear every day and so hearing that the next record is gonna sort of maybe even widen that gap of the different sounds that you've got uh I, that, that's very exciting yeah that's actually a good way to describe it that i haven't thought of yet yeah it's gonna it's gonna even make that gap even bigger I'm trying to cover more spectrums of music I enjoy. Like you said, all the way from pop punk, all the way to, to death metal. Yeah. Uh, at some point I want to do another, you know, big song, even with no drums, you know, kind of your almost Tina Turner style song where it's just like a, I will always love you kind of thing, but you know, metal, whatever. But like, uh, yeah, no, that's a good way to describe it. I like that. Are you a David Bowie fan? Uh, no, actually, I haven't listened to any David Bowie, uh, except for his like hits. I've never checked him out. Why? It's really interesting. Uh, just because he changes with every album, like pretty dramatically. And I would feel like you would pull inspiration from that or at least appreciate it in some way. I'm a huge David Bowie fan. I think I got in. I think I really heard about Bowie at the wrong time. It was like I, I never really had listened to him. Yeah. And and basically I started hearing about him a bunch right after he died. And I'm kind of the, I'm, I'm the guy who I'm like, I don't watch game of Thrones till seven years after it comes out Me because too. I don't want to be part of the, the crew of people watching it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's what the mainstreamers are doing. So when Bowie was like, Oh, everyone is all about Bowie. I'm like, okay, I'm now definitely not going to listen to Bowie, <laughs> but I'm sure I would like David Bowie's work. I'm positive that if I turn it on, I'll enjoy what he's got for sure. There's an era of his albums called the Berlin Trilogy that he recorded in Berlin 
under the influence of I feel like nothing but like cocaine and they're like <laughs> super they're super dark and I feel like they they fit your vibe totally you should definitely check that out okay the Berlin trilogy I'll, yeah. I'm writing that down start with right Low Low is the first one Low or Low Low, low by David Bowie L O W and then just go for it right. bless uh are you guys you guys are in South Carolina right he is I'm in Pittsburgh somewhat oh. like i'm based in south carolina but i'm actually in dc right now and then zach's in pittsburgh oh okay cool yeah i i pittsburgh is one of two major cities i haven't been to besides yeah pittsburgh and miami are the only american major cities with you know skyscrapers that i haven't visited yet but i'll be in pittsburgh in like a week and a half actually so for what well i'm just driving through oh, okay. um i gotta go to philly to record some more music so Oh, awesome, man. Well, yeah. hey, man, if you ever have any time, give me a shout. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, is that, are things back open there? Are they drinking beers? Pretty much. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Over here we have uh, – you still can't go inside anywhere, so, you know, and it's pretty like, cold. Now, so you got to, like, wear a mask and things are uh, – space is limited, but bars are open, shit's open. You know, you can go. Oh, okay, yeah, here it's like – no, like you got to sit outside and there's like two tables and it's cold as shit. So people. Yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I've noticed here in DC um, is that they they it seems like you have to eat outside at a lot of places. But what they've done since it's cold as shit here too is yeah. just up like this fucking tent or like a, a clear plastic like structure around the seating area, which yeah. I feel like close it in. The perfect- <laughs> Fucking yeah. being outdoors to begin with, like, why don't you just yeah. go back inside? Yeah, it's you know, it's gotten so asinine. I mean, the whole the bureau, bureau the bureaucracy is out of control here, and uh, they nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. It's it's a it's a pain. Yeah, it is. It's it's weird watching the people who are in charge, who we've put in charge in a lot of cases, just like fucking throw their hands up and start scrambling. One of the th- like I, the, I think, the go okay. ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, um, yeah, the problem is these politicians aren't really leaders anymore. They're more of just the blind will of the people, especially with social media these days. And so they're waiting for society to push them in a direction like this is what you're supposed to do. Like, should I do this to get reelected? Is this what I need to do? Or do I need to do this as opposed to thinking, you know, uh, hey, what's the best solution for this? I'm going to get it done. Uh, yeah, it's just set up for re-election, man. Like, in- yeah, and that's that's it's definitely part of the you know you can't really call it transparency, but social media has definitely given people access to politicians in a way that they didn't used to have. And I think I think that the combination of that, like what you're talking about, the the need to people please so that you can get reelected or whatever, sort of yeah. combined with the interests that are behind the scenes, like you know the people who contribute money to help get them elected ends up in these this sort of stalemate where they make these choices that are fucking stupid but they make them just to be able to say that they did something like the the thing that kills me the most is the curfew shit i i do not understand how and like i'm not somebody who goes out anyway you know what i mean i sympathize with the people who are social butterflies who have had a really hard time not being able to see people i totally understand that that shit is rough and it's taken an emotional toll on you but like, I have no dog in this fight from the outside sitting here thinking like, okay, 
you can you're going to tell people they can go to all the places that they can normally go, but that they just have to stop being there at 9 p.m. And you think that that's going to have some effect on a fucking virus? Makes yeah. No s- yeah. No, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's uh, for, for me. What's driving me nuts right now is they want to open back up schools without vaccinating the teachers. And uh, I'm like, well, fuck, man, you could have done that eight months ago. Like, why do it? Why do you wait till now? Like, Jesus Christ, like nothing's changed. No one's vaccinated and it's, it's more rampant than ever. And you're like, now let's open up. And it just goes to prove, yeah, the will of the people bending the politicians because it's the politicians going, oh yeah, the people are fed up. They want their kids back in school. And so we're going to do it now, even yeah. though it's, you know, I don't know. Anyways. Whatever. It's a shit show. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But with with all this talk, you know, our little conversation about the pandemic just now, let's shift the focus back to unto others, the upcoming record and the question of timelines. I know that a lot of shit is up in the air regarding tours and everything like that. Um, yeah. You have whether or not you can say I don't know, but is there sort of a timeline in place for the release of the new record and all that other stuff? Yeah, nobody said to me that I can't say, but I'm looking at like early fall right now. And that's, that's the hope. And I don't like, I don't really want to put it out any later than that. So I don't think you're going to see any later than that. I actually wanted to have this out by like May of this year, but I'm, I'm getting a lot of pushback and, you know, unlike Mana and the EP, I'm working with bigger fish now. And, uh, I don't, I don't have complete control of, of this. Sure. Anymore. So it, it passes through a triangle label management Gabe. So um, I'm always pushing for earlier, but uh, I, I understand um, that this, the timing has to, has to be somewhat strategic. Um, I will, I will promise that the record will be out this year and 99% before winter starts. <laughs> uh, nice. And uh, after it's out, COVID permitting, we're going to be balls to the wall touring next year, you know. Yeah, well, I feel like I feel like the Halloween season suits you, man. Like Mana was very much like for two Halloweens in a row was very much an October record for me. Yeah. Um, I, I think that those vibes definitely suit the music. And so hopefully that works in your favor. Yeah, I got some we got some plans for um, for Halloween stuff, too, this year. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah that yeah regarding other plans like have you have you guys considered doing any of the live stream stuff is there any pressure from the triangle to do that is that something that interests you or i I like that the triangle yeah um uh yeah there was at first but i'm not doing it i did i respect the bands that can pull off a great live stream one I, I just don't want to do it to sure. um, like, like I, I didn't get into music to be a fucking like live streaming video production manager. Like I don't give a shit about this stuff. Yeah. I, I, I like writing songs. Like even the live aspect to me of playing shows live comes second to songwriting. I just like writing songs. Interesting. And so the more, yeah. Like, in fact, I still get super nervous touring sometimes, but like, um yeah uh where was i something something. live didn't get into this to be a videographer oh yeah pretty much and so with the live streaming i was just like 
I, I, I know we're not going – I feel like we're not going to get our money back in the return um, from how much I'd, I'd want to put into it. Yeah. But I only want to do that if it's pro as hell. Like, think what Behemoth did. You know, did you see that? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see it. I've heard a lot about it. Fucking amazing. You know, I mean, they basically just made a live DVD. Um, yeah. Great job. I'd love to do something like that. But we're a smaller band. I don't have the resources to do something like that and hire a 40 man crew for a couple of days to film in a church in the middle of Poland or something like I just, so I have to work with what I can. And um, if I can't do it right, I'm not doing it. I just don't, it's not worth it, dude. Like you. It, it feels like, it feels like a lot of the, the bands who've made decisions to do that have been sort of torn uh, about it you know we had we had trevor from black dolly on here not too long ago we had uh samantha from frozen soul on here not too long ago and both of those bands have done uh live stream features it seems like the kind of thing that they're definitely they're definitely having to put a whole lot of resources into it on the front end and yeah. because this is so new and because the the touring situation is so far off i feel like not just the bands trying to stay active, but also the people behind them, you know, who are financing it and all that other shit are saying like, well, we got it. We got to do something. You know what I mean? Um, and the bands who have done it, I feel like are, are trying to make the best, best situation, but I definitely see where you're coming from, where you say like, this is just going to take a shitload of work and a shitload of money. And who, who's to say if it's going to be worth it, you know, who's to say it's not better if you do have those resources to sit on them um, and then use them once you're doing live shows again. Right. I mean, and, and as a metal fan myself, like objectively, I I don't give a fuck about live streams. Like if a yeah. band's doing a live stream, I don't really care. I checked out the Behemoth one because I knew they put they were doing something extra and special for it. But some yeah. band like, you know, hey, like we're playing our set tonight. I'll turn it on for a sec, but it's just not the same. You know, it's I yeah. might as well on a live video. It feels like I'm just watching YouTube, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I just, yeah, I, it, uh, it's, un it's unfortunate. And I, I, I really hope that the bands who are at the stage where, you know, it's the mid-level bands are the ones who are getting fucked the hardest from all of this. You know what I mean? Because they, yeah. they make enough money that they've quit their jobs, <laughs> yeah. but they don't and have enough money. Going they back towards getting a job again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right there. <laughs> it's rough, man. It's yeah. gotta be tough and and respect to the people who've been having to deal with it and you know we've got nothing but best wishes moving forward hopefully everybody gets their fucking shots and we get this thing back on the road safely yeah. smart and by fall we're doing things again but who knows who knows yeah well i'm waiting for the second variant to explode that's uh you know resistant or immune to the vaccine and we're uh, back at square one be always fun. something yep. yeah yeah <laughs> At that point, I'd just be like, fuck it, dude. I'm, I'm done. I don't know. I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go to college or something. <laughs> we, we would love to have you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, hopefully that, man, uh, hopefully things go as well as they realistically can go. Um, you know, we are glad to hear that you've got a record in the can. Hopefully whatever label you're working with is going to be, do big things for you. Um, and we hope to see you on the road sometime soon, man. Uh, but until then, you know, if this means that you're stuck at home 
doing nothing but writing music, like, I'm sorry that you're miserable, but I promise you, whatever, whatever you, whatever you end up creating, I will consume. Yeah, you'll, I'll, I'll squeeze myself like dry of all the <laughs> misery out there for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gabe, man, it's been great talking to you. Um, thank you so much for your time. Before we go, we're, we're at the end of the podcast now. We, we have a question, a very serious, very important question. I'm going to take okay. the glasses off. For Everybody this who comes on here. And I, Zach, do you want to you take this? Yeah. Absolutely, sir. Be honored to. Gabe, it's an honor to talk to you. We have to ask you at the end, what is your favorite Black Sabbath record? <laughs> Wrong question for me, man. I, I, uh, figure, I, I had a feeling that you were going to say you didn't have one. <laughs> well, uh, the, the only one that I've ever listened to over and over and over again is Heaven and Hell with Theo. So there you well, go. Take it. There's, hey, that is not, then you are not the wrong man to ask that question to because yeah, heaven well, I don't know, I don't know shit about any of the other records, so. Oh, I, man. Yeah, like, I know, like, I can, I can probably go through and name off all the records if I tried, but I don't know the track listing for each one, and I've probably heard all the songs off of them, but yeah. I've never sat down with, I've never bought a Sabbath record aside from Heaven and Hell um and mob rules is yeah mob rules okay I, it's dio sabbath basically i, I fucking like dio sabbath. Um, which is awesome yeah i mean i love i like ozzy sabbath too but like i said i only know songs i don't know what albums those songs are on like fairies wear boots love it sick kind of song right up my alley some wacky shit but yeah i, I don't know what record that was on so yeah paranoid yeah and symptom of the universe sweet track um and actually the best black sabbath song in my opinion is black sabbath i have to agree yeah actually yeah um no that song's sick as fuck so yeah yeah you know satan's coming around the bend um okay yeah i do know a bit about sabbath more than i thought but there you go i'll say heaven and hell but yeah i i I think, and I'm, I might, I might email you about this if it if it turns out to be something that I can't stop thinking about. I really think that you would be a fan of Tony Martin era Sabbath. Oh yeah, I mean I, I've listened to Tony Martin era Sabbath. Like, you know, being in a band with my band members, like they'd show me that shit all the time. We jam it on the road. Like I said, I've probably heard every single one of these fucking songs, but it's always been like background music to my life. You know, so you're just yeah. like, oh, like I've never went out and bought Tear or anything like that. Or, and I've heard headless crop. It's the headless crop. <laughs> Man, that's the shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I, I know all that shit. You know, it's just that's cool. I, I never I'm like. Holding out, I'm holding out hope that one of these days there's going to be an unto others cover record, and you're going to put you're going to you're going to do Lucretia My Reflection, <laughs> which I, I definitely fucking need to hear you do, and then Headless Cross it, and. It, it, me uh, and me and Zach are going to be in the liner notes and it's going to say, thank you for this fucking burst of creativity and genius. Uh, we appreciate you guys so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, know, trilogy. We do have, oh yeah, yeah. we do have, <laughs> uh, it, at, at practice, we jam covers all the time. And let's see, we've done uh, fucking Scorpions, um, Passion Rules the Game. Oh. You know, Scorpions. Uh, we did uh, Hell is for Children by Pat Benatar uh i don't want to be me by typo fuck yes 
that one's like right that's like basically idle hands already there on two others but um uh we did no fair by the wipers and uh recently <laughs> fucking like i think we covered kryptonite yesterday uh but you know that fucking radio song three doors Super down oh, yeah, man. yeah yeah and uh Good for you guys <laughs> yeah, yeah we all jammed it like someone started playing the riff and then we played the whole song and we all knew the lyrics and we finished it and we all look at each other like you like that song i'm like yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. that song's pretty sick and we're like fuck it that's one of our covers now that's yeah. that's good yeah, man uh, and that, you know as excited as excited as i am to hear a new record of original material and obviously that always comes first i feel like unto others is the type of band that can really like we said that pulls from enough influences but that has enough of their own identity that you yeah. guys can really bring something really cool to other songs like now i can't stop thinking about fucking i don't want to be me hearing you oh, guys the, the problem with, i don't want to be me is great but it's it is almost too much like our writing style in fact when i heard it i was like dude people are gonna think i'm ripping off typo negative but i just heard this song the first time last month you know and i'm like but this is straight up like this is something i would write i'm so like fuck man but yeah like that that song's sweet um i don't know I, i've got a bunch of other covers we at one point i had a uh, running down a dream by tom petty Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, I just try to go all over with them, man. Like anything that works. So maybe, maybe one of these days we'll get to hear some of that shit. But in the meantime, man, can't wait to hear the new record. Uh, hope everything stays going well. Hope everything gets on an upward trajectory for you and the band. Um, again, we really appreciate your time and it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you, brother. Okay. Take it easy. We hope to talk to you again. All right, adios. Later. You ready? Ready. What a good dude! Great dude. Loved him. Always. Solid. My kind of musician, man. My kind of dude just has fun. He's eclectic. You know, he's just is himself authentically. That's what I dig, man. Just be yourself. Yes. I, you know, I, the majority of what I listen to sort of gravitates in one particular direction, but that just makes it all the more special when something that kind of breaks the mold for me comes along and that I can really attach myself to. And this was definitely one of those records. I can't yeah. wait to hear Me too, man. Especially after that conversation. I'm a, definitely more of a fan. Yes, That's absolutely. This. What's that? That's the beauty of this, man. That is indeed. All right, homie. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for another great episode. Absolutely. Stay warm. You too. Stay doing it. Talk you soon. Too. My man. My man.